Well, hello and welcome to Five Things in a Song. I'm Om76 in Los Angeles, California, and over there is Patrick McGuire in Denver, Colorado. Hey! How are you doing? I'm pretty swell. How are you doing, lady? Um, I just came from dinner. Mm-hmm. I had to I had to rush home from work and eat something really quick, and I stopped at this shithole burrito place. <laughs> and the reason you stop at a shithole burrito place is because you want something that tastes good that's cheap. Yes. Right? Yes. Otherwise, you go to someplace nice and you pay more. But I, I stopped at this place that I, I drive by every day on my way home from work, and it's always pretty full, and I'm like, man, that shithole looks tasty, and I, I need to try it someday. And today... <laughs> I just got so sick of sitting in traffic that I just pulled over and and, and ordered. Mm-hmm. And I got a carnitas burrito. And it took them like a half an hour to make it, oh. which, I don't know, does that seem like a long time to make one burrito? Yes. Kind of. Unreasonable. Unreasonable. You know, the only thing that makes me madder than a shitty burrito is a shitty burrito full of raw onions. Oh, gross. Because mainly, I don't really hate onions, but I really hate the idea that my whole face is going to smell like onions for the next three days. Yeah. I have wow. that kind of face that absorbs onion smell and then re-outputs it into the world. It's really bad. <laughs> I feel sorry for anyone who knows me. Well, there's only so much you can do when you eat raw onions. I yeah, mean, you can't rinse the flavor off. Yeah, it has to nope. come out of your pores slowly. That's like smoking a cigar. Like that shit's gonna just stay on your face. Yeah. Oh. So I'm pissed because also it was not a cheap burrito. How much was it? It was like six dollars, and it was mm. the size of a Taco Bell burrito. So it was small. It was Small, overpriced and shitty, it took forever to make. Oniony, slow, shithole. Wow. Place was dirty too. Yeah. Which normally I don't care. I love dirty places because you get good food for cheap, but you had none of the benefits of the dirt. I'm just really trying not to dwell on. You were like, you're like, that shithole looks good. And just yeah. talk about how. I love shitholes normally. <laughs> I just let's use another word other than shithole. Well, I'm not talking about a butthole. I know, but it sounds like a butthole. Let's say I love hole in the walls because that's like hole in the butts. Uh, don't let's stop talking about butts and how you like to eat. No, <laughs> let's just stop. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> this is a family. When did program. you get squeamish about butts? Well, just we're we're talking about mixing the food with the butts. I don't want to oh, do that. Okay, I don't want to do that. I thought maybe you changed. No, I haven't changed at all. If anything, I've become do a whole episode about sharding. Yeah, five topics worth. Yep. <laughs> no, that was one topic, and the topic it, was to me. Lying. It was five topics worth. Yeah, it was sharding. a very potent topic. Okay, a lot of people <laughs> remember that one. That's episode. Uh, I don't know, ten. It's called a personal nine eleven because I had a personal nine eleven when that happened. <laughs> that was a traumatic experience. Um, so, do you have any life stuff you want to talk about first? Any life stuff? Um. I've been putting my head down and just making music. I'm about to record vocals for a solo album tomorrow night. So I'm excited solo about album. that. So all the weird little interludes you hear on this uh, podcast, that's kind of from some of the solo stuff I've been working on. And so that's going to be... What's your solo name? Uh, Jeremy Flood. You going to keep with that? Yeah, I am. <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. I just remember you saying that you were going to change it. So I wasn't like, oh, yeah, you're going to keep with that one. No, it's just it's just weird to have another person's name as your solo work, but artists get to do shit like that. So. There's too many Patrick Maguire's out there. Trust me, I've Facebooked you. Yeah, and when you when you um when you there's Google like thirty thousand Patrick. Well, there's Maguire's a famous right. juggler with my name, and I'm like, 
I just want to be a little bit more famous than that guy at some point. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I hope so. I mean, it's not. Is he a clown? Uh, no, I think he's just like a real, like he probably works at corporate parties and like he does oh, big God, events. Like that he's guy's more famous than you. What a slap in the face. Oh, I don't care. Whatever. I care. He worked hard to get there. But you know what? Other Patrick Maguire juggler, I'm fucking, I'm after your ass. I'm going to be more famous than you. Maybe I should go by Patrick Michael Maguire. No. No. Don't do that. My mom was like, you should go by Patrick Michael and you should get business cards and you should, <laughs> you should, you should really play improvised piano at nightclubs. Okay. And if I was like. your name is Patrick Michael Maguire, you're either a child star, a murderer, <laughs> or a Christian music star. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm really mad this week because, okay, at first I want to start talking about ripoffs in general, because I was already mad about this burrito, and now I have to talk about this other ripoff that I had to endure. Okay. So you already know um, that I have that I juice my own vegetables, and I'm way into juicing. Yep. And by the way, I've completely reversed my stance on ginger, because b- before it was like, fuck ginger. Uh-huh. Now it's like my favorite flavor in the whole world, because I've been juicing, and ginger is such an integral part of that. Yeah, it's very important in the juicing world. Yeah, and so I just OD on that shit every day. Yeah. Anywho, so you know my corner store is closing down, mm-hmm. and that's where I got all my vegetables. So I've been trying to figure out where to get my food. This is like a huge food source for me. And so I'm like, oh, well, there's farmer's markets all over L.A. Maybe that'll be the answer to my my problem. So I go to the Hollywood farmer's market on Sunday, and the shit just pissed me off. Because you know how, like, farmer's markets are all like, ooh, we sell, like, organic pesticide-free, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter how organic a strawberry is. I am not spending $19 on three little eight-ounce baskets of strawberries. Yeah. It's it's a fucking ripoff. That is a huge ripoff. I don't care. I know that organic stuff is probably a little more painstaking to produce, but it's not like five times more painstaking. I think they're just like you cut out the middleman when you go directly to the farmer. So it should be cheaper. Right? Yeah, I think so. Do ripoffs make you mad too? They may, it does. That makes me mad. But I guess there's no like accountability. Like, how are you going to go be like, um, these strawberries are too much. Let me talk to your manager. Or I guess you could do that. <laughs> but I mean, do you really want to do that? Yeah, you can't talk to your, anybody's manager. You just have to like not shop there. Or you can throw a fit and like smack the strawberries off the table in a rage. Yeah. Which I didn't do because they were lovely strawberries. And whatever wealthy person, bourgeois person wants to come by and buy those, they're very welcome to. But it's kind of exclusive in my book. Yeah. Well, you could be like, because you live in LA, you could smack the, the strawberries off the table and you could be like, I was a writer on Frozen and I'm not going to put up with this shit. <laughs> Fuck you. What? Yeah. You know, the... Uh, Fro- I know which movie you're talking about, but I don't understand how being a writer on Frozen gives you the liberty... To slap some strawberries off a farmer's market table. I think if you're doing some high-level animation or acting shit, you can do just about anything you want. Bradley really? Cooper. Is that what you think? I think Bradley Cooper, if he if he waltzed into a little a place, you know, and he a thought place, something was yeah. too expensive, he could just, you know, either charm his way out of paying full price, or he could just protest. And I but think that's the people thing about Hollywood listen. people is they love spending more because it makes them feel good about themselves. Yeah. To buy $19 strawberries. <laughs> that makes me feel like shit. It's really too much money. Um, I'm, 
I'm trying yeah, to think like, of. Or go ahead. Sorry. What, you're trying to think of like other ripoffs. Oh, I've got everyone one. knows about is like Ticketmaster. Oh fuck! Ugh, I hate you know those how people. like computerizing something is supposed to make it cheaper. Yeah, because it automates something that used to be handled by people. They they know you're not going to get tickets any other way, and they're going to do it because they can, and there's no accountability. That you should know? be against the law. Yeah, it's really terrible. Um, one that I can think of, and this is going to make me sound real feminine, but I don't care. Tampons are too expensive. No, I don't buy tampons yet, <laughs> but I'm sure that would make getting, you sound feminine. We're getting there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't like going to Starbucks, but just because I drive everywhere, I'm just kind of, I don't know. It's kind of the best option sometimes. So uh, when I go, I, I, I drink coffee because I have to, not because I love the taste and I get sick of it. So I've been looking for a replacement at Starbucks that is of similar caffeine uh content that tastes better and um one that I, and one drink that i've thought of is the very berry hibiscus refresher what that doesn't have caffeine does it yes it does yeah not a ton but a little bit and so like the girliest drink i can get and it's it's actually tastes really good but the problem is is they put just filled up with ice and then the rest of the space in between the ice they fill in with the hibiscus refresher and so lately what i've been What exactly is that? Is that juice? Because i know hibiscus is a flower. So like what is where does this fluid come from? Well, it's the flower juice and then they put is berries it a tea? in it. Yeah, it's a tea. Iced, and it's then an iced they, tea. They just give you like whatever the negative space is in the in the ice. They also you. put some berries in there, which I like. Oh, um, berry, berry. I think they're blackberries. But anyway, and so lately I've been like saying, um, okay, I'd like a very berry hibiscus refresher with light <laughs> with light ice, and then they still put half or three fourths of the cup filled with ice. Yeah, and it's like fucking four dollars. So that's it. That's a ripoff. So. If you are the if you work at Starbucks, just stop. Be reasonable. Stop it. Don't listen to your boss. Listen to me. And when you make the hibiscus refresher for the nice person who orders it, give them what they order. Okay. And then you have to tip them. That is true. <laughs> that makes me think of how how baristas uh, always flirt with you, no matter who you are. What? That doesn't happen to me. Yes, it does. No, bullshit. it doesn't. No baristas flirt with me. Yes, they do. I feel like... Are they ever like, hey, what are you reading? Or something no. like that. Yes, they do. Bullshit. No. Really? Yeah, dude. Baristas don't flirt but, with me. Uh, uh, well, I think maybe it's more of a male thing. There's like the cute girl barista and she's just real flirty with the guy. And it's basically, she never likes the guy. She's just trying to get a bigger tip. Maybe you're just, maybe you've got some je ne sais quoi. What does that mean? That I don't have. It just means like a little something. A little something? No, I doubt it. I don't know. You are a rock star and I'm not. I have incredible hair. You do. And that's a thing. But other than that. And a voice like a baby angel. Oh. Uh, okay, so I want to bring up Weird Twitter. Do you know what Weird Twitter is? Yeah, I don't really follow too many Weird Twitterns. Well, what is Weird Twitter to you, Um, Weird Twitter, to me, is a bracket of Twitter where the weirdness in and of itself is the, is the quality that you're looking for. 
I know that's not the best description, but I would I would say weird Twitter is basically mostly just people with cartoon pictures as their uh, profile pictures, kind of writing about stuff that ranges from nine eleven conspiracies to weed to Pokemon to uh, pop culture stuff. Sometimes I think it's done really well. Sometimes it's really immature and stupid. Uh, I myself probably used to be weird Twitter or a lot of people still say I am on my upset, uh, upset tummy Twitter account. Although weird about upset tummy. I think, I don't know. I used to write more random crap because my profile picture was a a little tummy. I guess I'm, I'm not necessarily anti weird Twitter, but I know, um, you and I have talked about how we'll follow people on Twitter and if they're never who they really are, eventually you just get over it. You're like, I want to be mo- like, okay, for me, it's um that if I don't know who they are as a person, I lose interest in getting to know them because you, you realize at some point that you never will get to know them. Yeah. And, and I don't know why that's important to me. Other people don't care about that, but I do. Well, I do too. And I think on, I know for me on there, I just, or me as a person, I just don't want to be funny all the time. I don't, uh, you I'm not be a whole human being. Yeah, I'm not capable of that. And there's people on there who are You're not uh, capable of what? Of being funny all the time. Oh, like right. I just I just need to be myself sometimes and write something about how I feel. Like tonight I even wrote, Hey Facebook, I see what you're doing over there with the trending section on your page trying to be half like real news and half paid advertisements, you know? Where it's like that's not me trying to be hilarious. It's like fuck you, Facebook, I know exactly what you're doing and I wanted to see if other people felt the same way, you know? Uh, instead of like just weird crap all the time. And I love writing weird, funny stuff and stupid puns and just corny jokes, but eventually it all gets kind of tiresome. And I think there's something too that to, to where if you have like a hundred thousand tweets, thousands of followers and your profile picture is a cartoon and you've never even shown a picture of who you are, there's something weird about that. There's something really not authentic. Well, how is that different from regular Twitter then? Well, regular Twitter, I think, first of all, is like, I'm Judy Smith, and I'm a web designer, and I do this. And then they write some funny tweets, maybe. And then also just, it's kind of a networking thing with their their friends. And maybe they use that to like reach out to celebrities or uh, interact with pop culture. Is that what they call it? Reaching out? I don't know. Reach out, connect with, contact. I don't know. Trolling. Really um, yeah, so I think... I mean, weird Twitter is its own thing, you know? Some comedians kind of cross over, like, Rob Delaney a little bit. Yeah. Uh, although Rob Delaney's like, a real person. Like, he stands up for for good causes on Twitter and uses comedy for, for real good things, I think. But weird Twitter can be nasty sometimes because there's the whole... If you don't follow a lot, I guess you don't see this, but, st- like, 9-11 stuff, there's so certain... People from Weird Twitter, they really think it was a conspiracy, but they they treat the whole thing like it was a joke. And really? I don't... I, yeah, I definitely don't follow anybody who's... Like oh, that. yeah. All the time. All the time. And maybe they think it's a conspiracy, and that's their opinion, but people still died. It was still a really horrible thing that wasn't, you know, that long ago in our country's history. So there just seems to be... people are just so young that they were, like, so little when it happened that it's not real to them anymore. No, I'm th- I know some people in that group who are older than me, 10 years older than me, you know? So, I don't know. I don't think that's a real excuse. 
there's a, there's a bunch of comedians my age, like around 30, and Pokemon is a really big topic that's kind of funny, that that just reemerges and is just a huge deal on Twitter. Or things that we did when we were little just come back in full force and we can satirize them and, I don't know, kind of turn turn those things on their head, I guess. It's almost like holding hands and running through a field together. It is a nostalgia field. Yeah, and then, that's what I mean. And then you eat, you eat a memory flower and you float away. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, so since I talked about ripoffs, I want to talk about deals. Oh, nice. Last time we talked about um, corporations and how they're awful and evil and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And this time... I want to talk about how much I love corporations because they are the ones that give me the deals. <laughs> <laughs> like who? Like, for example, Costco has been doing this deal for decades where they offer a, an all-beef hot dog and a soda for $1.49. Oh, my God. And Seriously? The hot dog, I know you're a vegetarian and you're not on board with this, but if you oh. were not a vegetarian, you would love this hot dog because it comes with... You know, they've got a relish fountain and an onion fountain, and, like, you can get all the toppings you want on there. What do you mean fountain? Well, it's a dispenser, but it, like, <laughs> falls out of the dispenser like a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. How do you feel after you eat this hot dog? I, I feel great. I feel oh. like whatever problems that a hot dog might give you your stomach is is totally wiped out. By the fact that I got the best deal on this hot dog. <laughs> and you can just cherish it. Yeah, I cherish the deal. <laughs> and the other deal, I know we talked about Amazon drones in the past. Uh-huh. But I have to say, and I hate to say this, but I am a big fan of Amazon Prime. Oh, the it's like the, the streaming service that they have? Mm, yes and no. It's uh, a thing where you pay a, a one-time fee... And for students or people with student email accounts like me, wink, wink, um, I can pay $39 for a year and then I get two-day shipping um, for that whole year for free. Whoa. Not for free, but you paid for it once. You paid the 40 bucks up front. That's a good deal. It's a freaking good deal. And you know when you get a deal like that, that it's evil. You have to sell your soul for a deal like that. Oh, yeah. Am like, oh, all these places are, I don't know, Amazon and uh google it's scary it's They're... so scary it's so scary and the laws of the economy are just ruling our behavior you know like if i could buy my groceries on amazon prime i probably would and you will like in a week because they're <laughs> they're gonna so? <laughs> jeff bezos is monitoring this conversation with uh that guy from google and he's like oh it's a good idea let's uh let's fast track that one yeah, well, they do have drugstore.com where you can buy vitamins and diapers and makeup and bullshit like that. But we haven't moved to, like, a head of lettuce yet. The thing that, that is probably going to throw a wrench in all this sort of stuff is uh, the increase in gas prices. Although, we, I mean, we've been saying that for years, that uh, things are going to become too expensive because of gas. And I guess it hasn't happened yet. But when is that tipping point when stuff is just going to become fucking not sustainable because gas is too much money. Well, here's the deal. Either I'm going to use gas going to the store and buying it, or somebody's going to use gas dropping it off at my house. Yeah. But what's more economical, I guess? The truck. Yeah, probably the truck. Because they're dropping off things in your whole neighborhood. 
or one trip. an underground network of mole people who have caved into your house and uh <laughs> you know what i mean super strong mole people that's the wave of the future you know what else is a good deal what apps oh applications applications for your iphone nation oh like what like what's i don't a good know app? like the fact i spent so much money in the 90s on software that i can really appreciate spending less than five dollars on an app on my phone that can do amazing things but i'll talk about apps later but i just wanted to say that those are a deal those are a deal some are and they do amazing things it's amazing you can get somebody for free but we'll talk about that in a little bit i want to talk about pledge drives like um, NPR pledge drives? Like, <laughs> yes. Now, uh, I want to start off by saying I pledge full allegiance to NPR. <laughs> I love NPR. <laughs> I have friends who work One in... Nation under yeah. God. No, invisible. seriously. I do I not I do not want to rock the boat here. I have friends <laughs> at, at CPR, Colorado Public Radio. <laughs> they play our band all the time. They're good friends of mine and the bands and everything. So I really do not want to upset people. But they, I think they'll agree with me. When I say, well, here, let me explain what a pledge drive is. Uh, so basically, NPR, National Public Radio, mostly all, all year round, provides just groundbreaking, wonderful journalism, great, interesting stories, just really well thought out radio. And for a few days out of the year, they, instead of doing that, they get you hooked on the good radio, and then they rip it away from you and annoy the fuck out of you for nine days in a row. Which is a pledge drive. <laughs> With all local those folks, all those wonderful people that you rely on for your news and weather and uh, and important stories from around your city and state to around the world, they instead of giving you that great journalism, they just annoy the shit out of you. It's, and it's undignified not- that these people, these talented people, have to resort to begging, begging for your. And money. that's what I mean too. I would gladly pay NPR ten dollars a month for some service where. I know there's never going to be a pledge drive ever again. Um, exactly, I would even... because if you pledge money because you're annoyed at the pledge drive, it doesn't make the pledge drive go away. It won't stop, exactly. You if you pledge at the beginning... It, no and how much money you get. That's what I mean. If, if, you, if you pledge at the beginning and you're like, cool, I want to get this thing over with, it won't be over with for nine days, whether you pledge or not. Uh, so I've, I often fantasize about being a trillionaire and then just going up to the NPR headquarters and being like, how do I stop this? And they're like, two trillion dollars. And I say, let me get my checkbook. And then I write them a check and I'm like, no more pledge drives. Promise me. And it's really dramatic. And there's like lightning bolts. But, um, it's funny. It's funny too, because they say one thing, which is please donate some money to us in a million ways over and over again for just seemingly hours nonstop where they're just like, they're like sunny day out here in Colorado and you'll make us feel sunny too. If you donate to us. All right. Just we've got one 800 We've got Judy uh, from Aurora saying that she really values public radio. What do you value in your life? We could really <laughs> use that donation. And they just like keep turning it around and then they, then they do things like they get uh, some wealthy donors to donate $10,000, but the $10,000 can only be released to the station if, if, or if they get you know a certain amount of pledge it's money within a certain money. And then they hold an escrow 
I don't know what that is. I'm well, 29. Here's the thing about that. I feel like these people who want to donate $10,000 and they're only going to do it if you get $10,000 in matching contributions from subscribers. If 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 they don't make it, they're not going to keep that money. They're just going to no. use it for the same matching thing the next day. Yeah, and and no, exactly. And we all and we all know that. And this is it's only tolerable because it's NPR and because the content is so great and uh, it's a really reliable source of news, and I really, really appreciate it. And so I don't want to make it seem like I don't love NPR, because I do. I drive around all day, and I teach music lessons, and I listen to it. But when that, during the pledge drives, it is just the worst, most unbearable thing ever. And they try to make it seem like they're having fun, and they do a really good job of it. But <laughs> p- come on, it's it's awful. I know they know it's awful. Uh, Those people it, are so brave. They are brave. I mean, they work. They work incredibly hard on a normal day, and then during the pledge drives, I'm sure they're just like they go into work and they're like, "Fuck, this is the worst thing ever." You know what works though for me is Radio Lab and This American Life will just have this thing where you can text TAL to a five-digit number, and it'll take ten dollars out of your cell phone bill. Yeah, that is the that to me is the best way to do it. Yeah, you only have to ask once. No, I, I think that's cool. I, I did hear Ira Glass, though, one time. Uh, he, like, called up a listener who didn't pledge or something, and he just embarrassed him online, on uh, on his show. What? And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't want Ira Glass getting on the case. <laughs> Hello? Hi, is this Megan? Yes, this is Megan. Hey, Megan, it's Ira Glass, and I'm calling because I got an email from your friend Elizabeth Dayton. Yes. She wrote me and said, uh, my best friend, Megan, is an exemplary human being in every respect except for this. She is a non-pledger. <laughs> she turned me in. <laughs> she turned you in. <laughs> See, I'm, I was even afraid to start this topic because I don't want enemies over at public radio. I love what they do. I just think they should do something different. Uh, I mean, we all love NPR, or I mean, we all, I don't know, probably most of our listeners do. Can we figure out another way for them to get the funding that they so desperately and obviously need uh, without the terrible pledge drives? I, w- I would totally pay $10 a month, maybe even 15 to 20 for some service that made sure I got NPR with no pledge drives. I would totally do that. You know, it's probably worse than a pledge drive is listening to us complaining about pledge drives. Yeah, that's probably true. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We apologize. So I don't want to talk about apps that everyone knows about, like Shazam, even though Shazam is like a fucking walking miracle. That is a pretty crazy thing. I mean, that's such a crazy thing, right? And that's the like one of the oldest apps around. Okay, but what do you use for your Twitter app? Do you just use the regular Twitter? Oh, yeah, I used to have the Tweetbot thing, but it just made it more complicated, so I just deleted it. I like the regular Twitter app, but the one thing that it doesn't have is that it doesn't allow me to filter out keywords. And the reason that's a problem is I have a super low tolerance for hashtag games and for, like, at midnight tweets. Oh. So I just want to filter out anything that says at midnight in it. And the regular Twitter app doesn't let me do that. Huh. But Tweetbot does. So I've been trying to use that a little bit. If uh, if I had Tweetbot, then I would filter out whenever somebody says, I hate Patrick McGuire. And then, <laughs> so I would never have to see it. I've, no one has ever said it. Is that it. clogging up your timeline? No, no one has ever said it. 
But the day they do, it is going to devastate It's going to destroy you. Yep. Somebody out there is going to write a mean tweet. So delicate. You're like a Bartlett pear that's overripe. I don't even know what the hell that is. It's a pear, dude. The last time I had a pear was a long time ago. (laughs) Not going to lie. You made it sound like you're getting at your calendar. (laughs) Yeah. The last time I had a pear was, uh, it was June 15th, 2011. Here's the thing about pears is they're juicy and delicious but they're so sensitive they're so delicate you can't mishandle them at all because they'll just bruise and the I'm skin not, will scrape right off that's not what fruit represents me i just don't want to see people say that they hate me yeah because your skin would rip off no i would say oh i would get all mad yeah my skin would rip off so <laughs> okay this is an app that i want to show you is called tempo magic Okay. And, the, and the whole thing about it is that it's supposed to help you work out and you know how it's best to like work out to music that's basically matching the tempo of your movements uh-huh so you can listen to whatever's on your phone and you can beat match it to whatever bpm you want so if you have a song like here let me just play one real quick from this dude named jeremy flood <laughs> Okay, so that's 92 BPM according to this thing. And you can uh-huh. just crank it up to whatever. Like, say you want to sprint. <laughs> that is crazy. Can you imagine working out to that? Well, and it keeps the pitch the same. Yeah. And then, okay, How? so if you want to, like, be on an elliptical machine and, it, and you want to go a lot slower. It's too slow. That is so cool. So I think that app is amazing because you can just set it to whatever BPM you want and just all the songs that you play will be played at that exact beats per what minute. Is, what is that called? Tempo Magic. That is fucking cool. It is pretty cool. How much was that? Um, I don't know. It was under $5. I, I don't think... ever spend more than $5 on an app usually. Well, no, I'm even thinking for my music students because you could just slow that slow music way way down that they're trying to learn yeah. kind of intricate parts. So. I've done that before when I've been trying to practice drum beats is just slow it down so I can kind of understand what's going on in the song. Yeah, that is really, really cool. Um, Crazy. Have you heard of Angry Birds? <laughs> I have heard of Angry Birds and I've never played it. It's where you launch birds, basically. That's the whole game. You have to use a catapult or something. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. I, honestly, I've seen it and I don't understand the appeal. It's just I. I think they've designed they've designed these games that are just really really hard and they make you want to keep trying over and over and over again because our brains want to fix something or complete something. But and what's these, the reward? There is none. You just move on to the next thing. I didn't think I was ever gonna like Words with Friends, but once I started playing with it, I started getting competitive. But yeah, I understand but it, the appeal of that because you're trying to beat somebody. You don't want to look dumb. You're using your intelligence. All these other games like the Flappy Bird or whatever, Candy Crush Saga, there's no real intelligence. It's just these little, it's just, again, like, you barely, like, succeed. The only game that I've ever been addicted to that was just totally pointless is Tetris. Because that one, for some reason, I don't Incredible. know what it is. I love that game. The only reward is the reward of putting things into places that fit. <laughs> hmm. That sounds interesting. Slots. Yeah. Hmm. Let's keep going. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I have a little story about games. Uh, so are you familiar with a game called uh, Dr. Mario? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like pills. So, <laughs> so right? yeah, it's like, the, it's like Tetris, but with pills. 
And back when I was a youth group kid in the church office, me and my friends used to hang out in there and <laughs> like we were like some real badasses yeah. <laughs> and they had Dr. Mario and I just, I just got amazing at it. I'm the best, uh, Dr. Mario player I've ever heard of. I'm not even kidding you. What? And basically, um, I got pretty good in high school and forgot about it. And then in 2010, we were doing a lot of touring Oh, yeah. And I remember I'd somehow figured out how to get Dr. Mario on my laptop through this website. And we were at this shitty venue north of uh, Nashville. And we had like an hour before our show. And I started playing. And uh, the band had watched me like all tour, like try to basically beat level 100 on high speed, which is insane. (laughs) Right from the beginning, these pills start falling and you just have to arrange them in the right slots or else you just lose in a second. So it and takes your like, brain is able to access those old memories from high school. It just like pulls the skill out of the attic and does yeah. it off. For a while, my virginity returns to me. And I, just, <laughs> and I, uh, and I regain my superpowers, Dr. Mario. Uh, so, yeah, I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying. And the band's kind of watching. And they're like, oh, shit, he's getting close. He's getting close. And like, like something that really happens uh, pretty frequently with this stuff is like you'll get halfway down. And you're doing pretty well, and then you lose your focus, and then the pills pile up like in a second, and then you lose. But I, I beat it, uh, high speed on a hundred or level a hundred, and the whole band saw, and they were. Did they carry you out on your shoulders? No, I think they were more sad for me that I spent so much time <laughs> doing it. Because this, at this point, they should I was be like, so proud and tell everyone they know. Yeah, they were like probably. In, inwardly proud and more outwardly what happens like, at the end is it just like a, a cool graphic and some music it's, yeah it's like he like walks by like mario walks in, in with a flag or something or i don't i don't oh remember oh my god a flag it's something not That's the worst prize it's something not gratifying not really rewarding but it in my show heart like some 8-bit mario getting some miss princess whoa having sex with prince princess mushroom with prince or princess peach or prince the musician wow <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, I mean, what's the point of beating it unless Mario's going to do the dirty with Princess Peach? <laughs> there is no point. That's the thing. It's it's the same as if I beat it on level one on low speed. It doesn't matter. Life is pointless. That's the whole. That's all that I'm saying. You bummed me out pretty hard. I'm sorry. I wish uh, I wish I had more good news to tell you. Have you ever played with the GarageBand app? Oh yes, yes, that's a pretty good one. It's I have my students. Fun. I mean, I didn't. One. I wasn't sure if an actual musician would have fun with this. Yeah, but, totally. I mean, I can imagine just sitting in an airport and you're like, I want to play something on a keyboard, but I don't have a keyboard. I have this tiny iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> fun fact: half the songs on our old record, uh, I first did like real crude demos on GarageBand. Uh, the app with, or the actual the the program. thing on the Mac, but still, you know, it's the same idea. It is. Yeah. Does, is there a smart guitar on the on the software? Uh, yeah. Why don't they call it a dumb guitar? Because it's not dumb, it's smart. Oh, beautiful. Was that a C? I've never taken a single lesson. Are we ready for our song? I think we're ready. Yep. All right, everybody. Uh, I'd like to introduce my friend and bandmate, Chris Sterniello, and uh, he's going to accompany me on a song by our band Flashbulb Fires called The Whale. 
Here we go. So this has been Five Things in a Song, and we're yep. not going to ask you to like us on Facebook anymore because it doesn't work. But I'm over it. What I would like to have people start doing is email us things to talk about. Because, I mean, haven't you ever listened to this podcast and you've said, I really want them to talk about swordfish or um, unintentional boners or something like that? <laughs> you know what I mean? So email us at five things in a yeah, song at gmail.com. I'm just going to tell you about my shitty burritos and my stinky feet. Yeah, we need we need more guys. So that's where you come in. This has been Five Things in a Song, and I am Om76 in Los Angeles. And I'm Patrick Michael McGuire in Denver. And I guess we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>